This is Trav Johnson with the Access the Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. You can follow us at accessthestory.com or you can follow me at travjohnson.com. Yeah, it's a good question. You probably have to ask my wife to get a real answer. Yeah, so what would she say? What would she say? <laughs> uh, and then also, what would she think that I would I would say about myself? <laughs> I think she would say that um, I think that I'm funnier than I really am. <laughs> I think that's just, uh, you know, I, I try and make people laugh because I think I'm hilarious. And so, you know, I'm my greatest fan in that sense. Riley Smith is just a great guy. Infectious smile, sharp thinker, and star of the renowned Facebook page, Riley Smith Appreciation Society. Riley is married to Naomi, and together they now have two sons, as opposed to one when we recorded this chat. And he lives in Victor Harbour on South Australia's south coast. I hope you enjoy listening to his story as much as I did. So I'm in the vestry of Victor Harbour Baptist Church with Riley Smith. Hi, Riley. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Just had a great drive down from Adelaide to Victor Harbour. It's been spectacular. Mm. Um, so thanks for making me do that. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming. It's a beautiful day, so you've nailed yeah. it with that. Yeah, so well done. Yeah, it was completely planned. Um, Riley, you're married to Naomi, and uh, you have one son yes. so far. Correct. Um, yes. what's, what's his name again? Uh, Levi. Levi, that's right. Yeah. And um, you are... Possibly expecting a call at any moment. Correct, yes. We are very expectant mm-hmm. <laughs> at the moment. Any yep. day, uh, we're recording this on a Friday and it's yep. due on Sunday. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, hopefully I will make it through the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but if I get a phone call, we may be re recording this at some point. <laughs> and, I, and I'm imagining, so I could just go with you, maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah, okay. that's, okay. that's, a, that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm imagining that life will be very different for you once we've kind of put this together and, mm. and posted the podcast up. So, yeah, that's right. We'll yeah. be a family of four instead yeah. of a family of two. We definitely know it's not twins. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to that. It's exciting. That's good. Yeah. How's, how's Levi with uh, the new one? coming is he so kind of on his radar do you think yeah it's on his radar we made the mistake of uh telling him uh, just the other day that uh when the new baby comes that you know mum mum will be doing a lot with the new baby but yeah. don't worry dad will be on holidays and he'll be able to take you to the pool yeah uh so every time we mention the new baby he's like oh, pool so <laughs> it's i think i'll have to take him to the hospital in his bathers so that he can see the baby okay let's go to the pool <laughs> uh, but yeah he he certainly knows there's something going on yeah. uh, and he's become much more affectionate to other babies around playgroup and great. church and things like that yeah what that actually means for his life and how how that's going to shake his current life yeah. up at the moment. I don't think he fully gets, yeah. but I don't think we fully get that either. So yeah. we'll just yeah. wait and see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everyone who's listening who has more than one kid is probably thinking to themselves, yep, you got no idea what you're in for. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's good though. Yeah. So just uh, take it from me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, so family's pastor here at Victor Harbour Baptist. That's right. Um, and how long have you been doing that? Uh, it'd be about two and a half years. Two and a half years yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Describe Victor Harbour for me, Robin. Uh, well, Victor Harbour's a uh, historically been a small country seaside town on mm. the southern Florio uh, Peninsula, um, but it's growing. It's an expanding seaside town and. Um, it's described, uh, has been described by some as God's waiting room or the <laughs> retirement capital of Adelaide, yeah. uh, which 
it, there's a bit of truth to that. There's lots of uh, retirement folk who, who come down here. Uh, lots of holiday houses as well. Um, it, it really expands over summer in terms of population and, and holiday makers. Yeah. Uh, but what also is taking place is there's this growth in uh, in young families moving into the area. Um, and so there's a, there's a sense of vibrancy and, and, and life to the town as well. That's mm. certainly what we've noticed uh, having moved down here. Um, and yeah, my role is new for the church. Family Ministries pastor it was created, and I applied for that role. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a reflection of what's taking place in the church, which yeah. is a reflection of what's taking place in the town, yeah, as well. So yeah. that's sort of what it looks like. Yeah, I think something that's really helpful is uh, to be provided the opportunity just to tell our own story as well. So mm-hmm. this is what you know, kind of today's about. Yeah. Um, love to hear from you in regards to your story so as you think about your own life what's um i guess what's some of the heritage or you know think about your life kind of growing up where did it all begin for you yeah sure well uh as a real little tucker we were around the place a little bit i was actually born in wyala uh in uh the iron triangle of um south australia uh, and my mum was a, a physio at the hospital there and my dad was a high school teacher. Uh, but they had a strong sense of call into ministry mm. um, pretty much um, after I was born. So I'm the second of three kids uh, and it was just me and my older sister at that time. And, and we moved to New Zealand uh, for my dad to go through Bible college. Oh, okay. And then uh, just before I started kindy, so three years over there, we came back to Adelaide. And then for the rest of my childhood, uh, I was a Hills boy. So okay. lived in Stirling, yeah. uh, went to primary school up there. I went to high school at Heathfield in the hills, lived in Bridgewater uh, for, uh, so yeah, Stirling and Bridgewater for my entire schooling yeah. uh, life. Um, the year had a pretty uh, regular rhythm to it for me as a kid. It was footy in the winter and tennis over summer. Mm. And it was just all about sport. Mm. Um, so uh, loved that. Uh, and uh, and we lived in the hills initially after coming back from uh, New Zealand because my dad took the role at Allgate Baptist Church as a senior pastor there. Mm. So I'm a pastor's kid mm. as well. So that's been pretty significant in my uh, formation as a person and, and faith formation as well. Uh, and uh, after a number of years there, seven or eight, something like that, in 2002, uh, he then and we as a family moved to Parkside Baptist where he was the okay. lead pastor. Yeah. But we stayed living in the hills because, um, you know, the tunnels had just been finished then. So <laughs> yeah. we could drive up and down the freeway in 20 yeah. minutes and, yeah. it, and it was easy. So yeah. uh, so we didn't relocate. We start, all stayed in the same schools and things like that, but, yeah. but moved church. And so for me, that was in year six. So as I think back on my... Uh, faith formation uh, in terms of children's ministry that was all gate baptist mainly but i don't really remember much of that maybe a few songs <laughs> from the the kids ministry uh but the the youth ministry at parkside was um massive for yeah. me yeah. in terms of growing up so. what was it what was it massive what's something that that kind of um i guess stands out to you in your experience yeah in the youth ministry at parkside yeah it was there that i've formed the best friends um, best Christian friends that I have that I still have now um, going through uh, uh, there's this this one friend we call him Bam his name's Samuel but yep. everyone knows him as Bam yep. um, the first day I went to Parkside uh, his mum I think was an elder at the time so she knew that we were coming I was the new pastor's kid so mm. she said to Bam you have to be friends with Riley and he <laughs> rolled his eyes and went oh mum uh, but actually it turns out that 
thanks to thanks to his mum because we're great mates yeah. and and there's been friendships like that that have been lasting uh, and that have helped me grow in faith and and I've been able to help them grow in faith so that yeah. friendship stuff um, but also uh, coming through that youth ministry is where I started youth leading as well as a in my later years of high school yeah. um, so I think that was probably the beginnings of, of God starting to lead me into some form of ministry mm. um and uh and then the youth pastor at the time gary was um really influential in my discipleship mm. he walked very closely alongside me uh through my entire uh high school years when he was there but then also making that transition into paid ministry later right. um was was largely thanks to him yeah uh, so uh you've mentioned a couple of people mm, there and mm. so there's been some people who've been important in your journey, yeah. Um, one of the questions I'm asking you today is what, you know, who would you say are the important people in your life? Uh, mm. So that might have been in that um, early stages or now. Like, how would you answer that question? Who are the important people? Yeah, certainly in terms of um, uh, growing in my understanding of who God is and what it means to follow Jesus. Um, people like Bam, um, that sort of peer-to-peer friendship, he was always a solid Christian. And mm. I think um, there was something in me that um, was drawn to that in him. And I think that helped us in our becoming of friends yeah. and, and staying friends. Um, the, and then also the the mentoring and, and journeying of, of Gary through that mm. um, period of my life as a teenager um, you know, the ups and downs of high school girlfriends and breakups and yep. all that stuff, um, which um, is um, so real at the yeah. time. He, he was um, really helpful in, in the midst of all of that and, and pointing me towards Jesus. Yep. Um, so that was great. And also my parents. Um, I never resented being a pastor's kid. Yeah, uh, right. I never went through that um, thing, as, um, which, as I understand, is, is not... N- always the norm yeah um but i actually loved that and found having my dad as a pastor um uh, super inspiring actually yeah Uh, i found it really uh encouraging when he uh, particularly when he would preach and 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 preach the word of god and see uh actual tangible transformation happen in people's Mm. lives in the church Mm. because of the spoken word of god Mm. um that something in me lit up at that and i thought wow that's that's really neat at that time i didn't want to do that i just thought it was cool yeah um so so mum and dad were really influential in in that space i guess uh now the the um in terms of who's important in my life it would be naomi and levi mm. um mm. as my family um naomi's uh, amazing as a um as a person, um, as a mother, and also as a pastor's wife. That's mm. a unique role mm. <laughs> that she uh, sort of signed up for in, yeah. in marrying me and, um, and something that we've sort of unpacked a, a bit together of what that means and what that looks like and, and what it doesn't look like and, yeah. and certain expectations that are around that. Um, but she's just an incredible support and there's a sense that... Um, we're we're in this ministry stuff together, mm. um, and um, and yeah, and then there's Levi, and he's just a, a crazy two year old yeah. uh, with way too much energy, yeah. uh, heaps of um, cheek about his personality, uh, but a really good heart in there as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're they're pretty significant people in my life. At yeah. the, the long weekend calls out to us: busy roads, barbecues, speedboats, sunscreen. 
The story we're living seems so far removed from the story this weekend commemorates. We know the challenge in schools, churches, or even on the family getaway. Unless we create the opportunity to gather around it, the power of the Easter story is swallowed up by the four-day weekend. That's why we've developed Crushed, an interactive story pack that will enable your group to experience the story afresh. Over 45 minutes, you will journey your group through the five scenes provided and then see how the Easter story might shape your long weekend. Go to accessastory.com, click on the banner, and we'll send you this free story pack. That's accessastory.com. Now back to Riley as he reflects on a year of challenge. Uh, one of the mistakes we make often when we, when we kind of share our share our life story or we'll share a little bit about ourselves is we uh, we tend to go, well, here's the highlight mm-hmm. reel. Here's mm-hmm. all the here's all the good things about my life and God's amazing or faith's amazing or um, and and whether whether we intentionally do that or whether people hear it that way. Um, I, I sometimes wonder whether we we gloss over some of the you know the real challenge kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And and the reality is, I think um, I, I think uh, uh, you know there's the quality of a good story is found in the reality of mm-hmm. some of the conflict or the challenges that we face. And so mm-hmm. the, one of the questions I'm asking you today is: there a, is there a challenge that you face that you feel comfortable about sharing about? Yeah, um, not so much a, a conflict, but a, there was a, a year. 2015 was mm-hmm. probably. Uh, uh, our hardest year in, in life in ministry uh, and, it, and it was really we look back on it as a year marked by grief mm. um, I'm I like to think I'm relatively young <laughs> yeah. so at that time I I hadn't experienced grief really on any major level um, and uh, and in that year I lost uh, my grandpa mm. um, and that was the first grandparent that uh, that we had lost in my family and there was a whole stack of um, tension around that uh, because it, it was a interesting relationship. I wouldn't describe it as a good relationship. He mm. was absent most of my childhood and that kind of thing, but in his last years came back and was in in the picture. And so there was some weirdness around that. Um, so there was there was grief, but also trying to wrestle through uh, what could have been or maybe should have been yeah. in a grandparent. Uh, then almost three months later to the day. Uh, Naomi's grandpa died. Oh. Um, so uh, for her, that was um, that was her third grandparent to pass away. So she'd had more experience in that. But again, there was a an, another layer of grief. Uh, and then again, almost three months later to the day, uh, we lost a really close friend in life and ministry, uh, young dad, um, to a 10-year battle with cancer. Yeah, right. So, um, uh, so it just felt like, man, what's next? Like it yeah. just keeps layer upon layer upon yeah. layer of this sadness and heaviness and um, and also different. Yeah. Um, Naomi's grandpa was a, a wonderful man of God and was so sure of where he was going and mm. died beautifully surrounded mm. by his family, uh, contrasted by my grandpa who wasn't of faith and, um, yeah, had multiple wives and and uh yeah an interesting family dynamic Uh, and then uh this pastor and friend who you think man he had so much to give yeah uh so much left to do and and yet um died of cancer so um that was a that was a tough year and then what laid on top of all of that was there was a sense that god was moving us out of parkside baptist so i had uh begun my 
and that was home. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'd been there for 14 years or yeah. something, grown up as a kid through the youth ministry. Yeah, started doing paid ministry, was yeah. studying in ministry at that point. And uh, a couple of years prior, my dad had moved to another church, but we stayed there yeah, because right. there was a sense of call for mm. us, regardless of my family. Mm. Uh, but uh, at that point, there was a sense that God was asking us to move out of home. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and we were trying to process that, which was a big deal. Um, yeah. This was our whole social network, our whole world, mm. um, work, ministry, friends, small mm. group, everything was in that space. Uh, but there was a sense that God was starting to maybe uproot us a little bit and, and move us on. Uh, but it was so hard to process leaving all of that while we're processing grief and um, yeah. and loss and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, so eventually it was at the end of 2015 that we uh, that we thought, yep, God's calling us to apply yeah. for this role at Victor Harbour, and it was early 2016 that we applied and, and moved mid year the following year. Mm. So. In terms of life change and um, yeah, and then experiencing the fullness of emotion that you hadn't experienced before, that was that was tough. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a heavy year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as you look back on that, and maybe uh, maybe there's a sense where perhaps you can connect, you know, the, the challenges that you've faced with. You know how you describe your faith now. Maybe it's you know maybe there's a connection. Maybe there's not. But then around the question of how would you describe your faith, mm. um, uh, how would you answer that? And um, I guess I'm also pushing into this space of you know can you see how some if if and how some of the challenges that you've experienced have have shaped that? Yeah, yeah. I'd um, I'd describe my faith as um, life shaping. Mm. Um, in in every sense um so uh yeah my whole life is shaped around following jesus mm. uh, the person of jesus um so that's things uh, like the what i do the way that i think uh how that i how i use my time and resources mm. um sense of meaning and purpose and calling and hope and ethic and and all of that um is shaped around who Jesus is, and so I guess in in terms of that year, um, it's counter in, counterintuitive. Um, Naomi had just been made permanent at her job, teaching job, which yeah. she loved, loved the school. Um, you know, we had all our best friends. Nothing was bad at Parkside. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, and yet there was this sense that God was moving us on for Naomi to resign and go into the unknown in terms of work. Um, for, for us to completely uproot our lives and move somewhere else. Um, but we were convinced that that's what God was asking of us. And so because our lives are shaped around following Jesus, mm. it was, uh, okay, we need to do this. Mm. Um, same with processing grief. Our, uh, our life is shaped around Jesus. And so um, making sense of uh, loss on all those three different levels uh, came through the lens of um, of my faith. What what does it mean? Uh, you know, how do we how do we wrestle with uh, things like cancer uh, in young people who mm. are great and influential people and fantastic fathers, uh, and yet they um, they seem to die. Like it's um, for me that was a uh, uh, 
pushed me deeper into who God is and wrestling through, okay, wh- what is God up to in the world? Uh, mm. And and how do we hold this, what seems like to me, injustice and um, evil of cancer mm. uh, and what God's doing in the world? Um, and so um, that pushed me back to Jesus at the cross and mm. um, his ultimate plan of drawing uh, the world to himself and defeating evil and mm. um, and the future hope of his return. There's a, yeah, a, a processing of that grief um, that came through the lens of faith. Why Jesus? <laughs> uh, because I'm convinced that he is who he said he is. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, really deeply convinced. Um, Jesus made a whole bunch of claims uh, that he was the son of God, that he was divine. He made a whole bunch of claims about what he was here to do. Um, and he made a whole bunch of claims about who he was revealing mm. in himself. Um, and uh, through just simple historical reading uh, of of history, like I love that Jesus was a person in history and, and we can know that no credible historian disputes the fact that Jesus was a real person. That's mm. just that's just widely known. Mm. So, uh, so for me, the question is really uh, not did Jesus exist. People, we know Jesus exists, this person, but was he who he said he was? Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and some of the apologetic uh, around that and the the historical evidence for the reality of the resurrection and um, the that being the the revelation of um, Jesus being. God's own son, uh, along with the inner witness of the spirit within me, uh, has deeply convinced me that this Jesus is the son of God. Mm. He is who he said he is. Uh, and therefore I need to make a response to that. Mm. And, and the response he asks of us is to shape your life around him, yeah. to follow him. Uh, and so, uh, so for me, um, yeah, being convinced of that, uh, I just think, well, I have to be all in. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other logical response. Yeah. Uh, if, um, yeah, objectively, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Whether I believe it or not, then I get to make a response to that. And if he is, and, and he is who he is, um, claims to be, then, then the only thing that makes sense to me is to follow him with my life. The long weekend calls out to us. Busy roads, barbecues, speedboats, sunscreen. The story we're living seems so far removed from the story this weekend commemorates. We know the challenge in schools, churches, or even on the family getaway. Unless we create the opportunity to gather around it, the power of the Easter story is swallowed up by the four-day weekend. That's why we've developed Crushed, an interactive story pack that will enable your group to experience the story afresh. Over 45 minutes, you will journey your group through the five scenes provided and then see how the Easter story might shape your long weekend. Go to accessastory.com, click on the banner, and we'll send you this free story pack. That's accessastory.com. Back to Riley. Um, what are the best ways to describe you? Yeah, it's a good question. You probably have to ask my wife to get a real answer. Yeah, so of, what would she say? What would she say? <laughs> uh, and then also, what would she think that I would... I would say about myself, <laughs> I think she would say that um, I think that I'm funnier than I really am. <laughs> I think that's just, uh, you know, I, I try and make people laugh because I think I'm hilarious. And so, you know, I'm my greatest fan in that sense. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I think there's a there's an energy about me uh, in terms of just um, passion for life and yeah. people and fun That's and uh, and um, you know joy. And and I you know I do like making people laugh. There's something in me um there's the there's the part of me that probably likes being the center of attention <laughs> a little yep. bit too much but yep. there's also the part of me that just loves joy mm. uh and uh and you know laughter is a weird thing it's a weird noise that you make together yep. but there's there's it brings people together and there's joy in that um so certainly that um you know i'm in terms of energy i'm a runner so i love uh physical energy uh sort of exerting myself in that way and, and believe that's how god's created me and us as humans to be to be physical tangible um people so that's a way of expressing um that um and uh in terms of who i am i think uh there'd be part of me that refuses to grow up <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> um so i spend a lot of time with uh youth and young adults some older folk as well my role's pretty broad here mm. uh but i find myself whenever i'm hanging out in the kids ministry i'm acting like a seven-year-old mm-hmm. and whenever i'm hanging out in the youth ministry i'm acting like a teenager yeah. whenever i'm hanging out in the young adult space i always talk about our age even though i'm quite a bit older than so the, i still do, i still do that yeah okay, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> so uh there's a there's a part of me that um <clears throat> just loves the energy of youthfulness yeah. and um yeah, the the innocence of yeah. of youthfulness and and um, childhood and and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so where I can participate in that, uh, mm. I love doing that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Riley, what do you hope for? What do you hope to see in your future? Um, what do I hope for? I um, I hope that uh, I get to uh, see uh, the genuine and tangible. Uh, work of God in the lives of others. I'm I'm not a massive big visionary, yeah. and and sometimes I wonder do I do I have prayers that are, are not big enough or yeah. grand enough? But uh, for me, uh, I think I think what I hope is that the people that God's put in front of me, uh, the people who God's called me into relationship with, to journey with, and to share life with, and do discipleship with, um, that uh, that in that time that I would see them come to be more like Jesus. That's what I hope for. Yeah. Um, and that would be really special. Yeah. I really like that. And I, I like that uh, because it, it puts us, uh, it helps us think about the reality that, that what our hopes uh, can be is really is in the moments mm. of how God shows up in people's lives. Mm. Uh, I think you're right. Sometimes we do think too big. We kind of think like very in a, in a grandiose fashion. I guess mm. it's not wrong to think about vision and future and all those sorts mm. of things. But to be present enough to go, actually, I hope for that small thing right there. Yeah. Uh, when I see that, yeah, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's, mm. that's really powerful. Yeah. So, so thanks for sharing yeah. that. And thanks for sharing your story today. Hey, no worries. Thank it's you. all good. You've been with Trav Johnson on the Access to Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Remember, follow us on accessthestory.com, or you can catch up with me on travjohnson.com.